Hey, Lockport Christian Church family, Pastor Mike here. So thankful that you're joining me on this podcast. So thankful that you're taking the time to listen to this. So happy that we can share this time together. I came to realize something that a lot of churches, they hear from their pastor at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week, that they're hearing a sermon, that they're hearing uh, announcements, that they're hearing their pastor's heart, they're hearing their pastor's vision, uh, getting an update on how things are going. And I understand that it helps them to feel connected to their church and their pastor as well. And so just came to realize that uh, our church doesn't have those opportunities. And, and you don't hear from me as often. You don't see me as often. You're not connected with me as often. And so I decided that I would do a recording. My goal is to do it monthly, and I may do things more frequently than that, but at least monthly you'll hear from me so that you hear from me more often um, and that you hear my heart, hear my vision, um, hear the how, how I think we're doing, get some updates from me, that kind of thing. I also want to have a topic each month that uh, we talk about. And so each month I want to have a different kind of topic. I want to actually bring people on to talk about those topics. And I'm going to kind of ask them questions and, and ask them to talk about their passion or something they're good at or something they're going after in life, something that God's speaking to them. And then what I'll do is at the end, I'll share what I think about the topic that we're talking about. Um, so hopefully you'll get something out of this. My goal is that it's another opportunity for you and I to connect. It's another opportunity for you to be encouraged, to hear an update, to hear how things are going, to hear what's coming up, and just to hear my heart. And also to learn something from each month's topic. Um, and so that's my goal in this. Um, and so let's just jump right in. This month, the topic that I would like to cover is um, one that I think is very important for where we're going in our church. And so I wanted to start out with it. And it's just the, the theme of striking up conversations with talking to strangers, basically. Striking up conversations, starting relationships, jumping right in and interacting with people, getting people to open up. And there's someone in my life who is phenomenal at this, and you'll hear from her in just a minute. And it is my wife. She is so good at starting up conversations, building relationships, getting things going with strangers. Um, and it's something that used to drive me nuts about her, but now I see how God uses it, and I'm very impressed with it. So I'll have her share. We'll, I'll, we'll have a conversation with her. She'll share her heart. I have some questions that I'm going to ask her. Then I'll give some announcements. And, uh, and then at the, after the announcements, I'm going to share what God put on my heart when it comes to talking to strangers, starting conversations, and starting relationships. So with no further ado, here is my talk with Amber. All right. Hello, everybody. I am here with my wonderful, beautiful wife, Amber. Hello. She is here with us tonight. I asked her 
to join me because I uh, I wanted to talk about something that she is phenomenal at, and it's something that used to drive me crazy. It's something that used to drive me bonkers. We couldn't go anywhere without her doing this, and I felt it's like why it you was, fell in love with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is actually why I fell in love with her because the first time we met, she did this. But it used to drive me crazy that anywhere we would go, you would just talk to anyone. Yep. You would talk to strangers. Yes. You would talk to people you barely knew. You would talk to people who you knew hated you. Mm-hmm. You would just be able to strike up a conversation, start up a relationship. And uh, it used to drive me crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's actually how we met. It you is. came up to me out of nowhere and introduced yourself to me. And you said, I think we, sh- we should be friends. And you gave me your phone number and uh, you asked me to call you. And uh, it took me about a week to build up the courage to do that because I don't like talking to strangers. I don't like just starting up conversations. I don't just talk to anyone. But you are really, really good at it. And with the direction that our cluster is going, with the direction that our church is going, this is kind of like a value for us is conversations with people, uh, bringing God into encounters we have with people, running into someone, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and allowing God to enter into that time with us. And so because that's the direction that our church is going, that especially the Dombrowski's cluster, I wanted to have you share a little bit about, um, just give us some techniques, give us some tips. I have been doing this for quite some time. Um, It may be because of where I grew up in Buffalo. It may be because when I was younger, um, everything, transportation in Buffalo was on the metro. So you had to cross paths with strangers every single day. Um, And it's a little bit of my personality too. Uh, So it was something that I learned. Once upon a time, I didn't want to talk to people and I would put fake headphones in my ears while I was on the Metro and I would rock back and forth so people wouldn't talk to me because they would think I was crazy. Um, And then I realized (laughs) I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be that person that was um, unapproachable. I think just by observing you and being around you a lot, I think that you generally really enjoy people. I do. Is that true? You like people. You like meeting new people. Mm -hmm. I like um, people. I am energized after being around people. However, it is difficult for me to get to that place. Once I am there, out the door, and in the middle of whatever it might be, it could be a football game, it could be grocery shopping, and I cross paths with people, I come alive, I have conversations, but to get out of the house and the want is extremely difficult for me. But when I do it, I thrive. So um, when you're in these conversations with people, um, one of the things I've always wondered is, like, why are you talking to them? Like for me, even though I'm standing next to someone at a football game or a grocery store or in line with them, like I have no desire to talk to them. I have no, there's nothing in me that wants to strike up a conversation. There's not a whole lot in me that wants to start new friendships or get to know people. I think it's super important to say something. I think it's, and it doesn't matter if it's something good. It don't, it doesn't matter if it's something bad and needs to be reported. I just find that there's value in speaking up. So if there's a woman who's in the grocery store and she's walking by me and she smells really good and she looks really nice, I'll say something. I'll say, oh my, you smell wonderful and you look so nice today. Like, 
I am just that person. And the reason why I do that is because obviously she got all dolled up and she put on some type of body spray or perfume to make herself smell better or look better. And so if I'm a person who's crossing her path and I'm like, oh, I notice it, rather than keeping those things to yourself, there is an appropriate time to share stuff. And for me, most of that time is always. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times I'm intentional because sometimes you just gotta get, you know, the loaf of bread and run home to make the grilled cheese, whatever it is. But I genuinely enjoy people. I want to encourage people. I work really hard at that because it's not something that does come supernaturally for me. I'm more of a naysayer in my mind. And so I refuse to let that come into my heart and out of my mouth most of the time. Like, what do you look for when you are going to strike up a conversation? What, what are you, what are you, like, are you aware of something? What's, what's going on So there? once upon a time when I would ride a bus home, and it was like a really long trip and it was the metro bus, I would keep my mouth shut and I would observe a ton. And there were so many thoughts that I had inside my head and so many things I wanted to say out loud, but I didn't. Because and they were negative or you just were shy? A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just I just kept all of that to myself because not just negative, some were totally negative. <laughs> some were, I was afraid of what might happen just because of you know living in Buffalo and the things that I saw. But... Just because I didn't, I wasn't given the opportunity, and I didn't make the opportunity. I thought you always you couldn't speak unless spoken to, mm. and so um, there were so many times where I w- I wanted to say to the lady who I saw every single day, where is she going? I wanted to be like, so where do you go? I go to the gallery mall, but I never did that. So as an adult growing up, I realized that I want to take the opportunities to do those things. Because sometimes people are just looking to be heard and share their stories. But I find that those little casual conversations, especially in my community, eventually always come around. Like I might see that person a second or third time. We all shop at the same areas. You get people um, to open up quickly. How do you do that? Uh, I ask a lot of questions. So I have children. I've got two six-year-olds and a 10-year-old boy, all boys. And... It drives me nuts when they ask me 101 questions, but that's just their way of trying to start a conversation and spend time with me. So it's the same exact thing with adults. I was at a birthday party this past weekend and I was was there, there were six or seven women there and I only knew one other person that was there out of that group. And so they all knew each other, I didn't know them. And so I would ask, questions. I started, somebody asked me about if I had kids and I said, yes. And I said, does everybody here have kids? And what are the ages represented? And everybody would like one person would chime up. And then if nobody else chimed in, I would say, how about you? What about you? What about you? Tell me your birth stories. Like what's your birth stories? And all of a sudden I started to learn something that was really personal, really fast. Everybody wanted to share their story. Like they all entered in, we were all laughing, we all had little sad moments, happy moments, but we were all engaged in one conversation before the end of the night. What's some things that you do or some techniques you can share that's gonna feel like that awkward silence that could kill a conversation? So you don't ask them questions that they can answer in one word, not ever. And so, like, nice day out today, huh? (laughs) Yep. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. So a a question that requires more than a one word. Um, And then if they give you, like, a three-word sentence, 
turn around and answer the question that you asked with hmm. your answer and then say, so what do you think about that? Hmm. Or so now what do you really want to say? And a lot of times when you do something like that, they will all of a sudden say, oh, well, what I meant by that is, and all of a sudden the three word sentence becomes paragraphs. So, so like you answer your own question and then you'll, you'll kind of ask them again and you'll get the truth yeah. the second time. Yeah. Hmm. What are some of your most common questions? So I will always ask people about food. Um, that is just, it's huge. Like everybody talks about food restaurants and what they're making for dinner and the health kick or the not so healthy or what do you cheat with, you know, whatever it is. Uh, food is a big thing that I will talk to people about. Uh, kids. Poop. You talk about embarrassing things right off the bat. People think, okay, that's a real person. So most of the topics <laughs> that I would stay away from, I've noticed, that you, like that are embarrassing. Go for. Yeah. Those are the topics that will get people to open up the most, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Like when I talked about the birth stories with the ladies... I went straight to the water breaking and how gross it was and how I had like a plastic <laughs> tablecloth I would go everywhere with because it was so gross and nasty and yucky and smelly and I was and so my water broke and then it broke again because I was pregnant with twins and what did your water break and all of a sudden they're like oh my gosh let me tell you how my water broke and that's the person who was quiet and in the corner the whole entire night and somehow we got her to engage in the whole conversation. Is there a moment when you know that, for lack of a better term, you got them? Like, they're now equally invested into this conversation? So when I would first start talking to people, I um, would hope and look, like, search for that moment. And now I expect that moment. Like, I don't look for it. I know that it's going to be there because of the kind of questions that I ask, because I'm okay with awkward silence a lot of people aren't and that's where they end the conversation but if you would have just waited 30 more seconds it would have come out what's the most effective thing you do to get people to trust you or open up or connect with you fast? Uh, you you've got to listen to them i can tell you uh, the name of most of the people's children that i talk to i can tell you the name of their spouse i can tell you where they work and this is all in just like a five-minute conversation. It's super important to scratch the surface if you want to go deep with a person. You say that all the time. So tell us what you mean by that. Okay. So, so many people just want to go like deep and quick. And so that they don't have to deal with all the fluff and all the rigmarole in between. Mm -hmm. That fluff and that rigmarole is so absolutely important. Because that's the stuff that gets people to show you who they really are. You've got to talk about superficial things. How's the weather? Oh, you see the Bills game last night? Like those things are like, okay, this person's trying to start a conversation with me, obviously. And then you say things like, so how's life? Like, how's life really going? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're in. And because I care, I love people. I care about people. I care if somebody is hurting, even if it's like an awful person or a great person. So I just love people. I love them. So I've seen you try to have these conversations with strangers and crash and burn. Yeah. 
So here's the deal. Right off the bat, it's super important and it took me a really long time and sometimes this backfires on me, but it's very rare now. I don't care what people think of me. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am to my sons, to my husband, to my church, to my workplace. I know who I am. There's not much that can embarrass me. I have embarrassed myself so many times that I can't get embarrassed. And so if it fails and I am in an awkward situation and I've been in many, I just I just uh, sit there because sometimes when I get myself in those situations, I will literally be stuck in the room or in that situation for a little bit of time and I'll be like, well, this stunk. What do you tell yourself? Like what is the internal narrative that keeps you um, going, keeps you motivated to talk to the next person, to strike up the next conversation. What are you telling yourself on the inside when it's failing miserably? I go, well, I have, sometimes I just have these gut issues where I get all upset if something backfires internally yeah. and like I'll run in the bathroom and I'll throw somebody a text or I'll just pray. Yeah, and, you did that um, with me the other day. Yeah, I did. I was totally freaking out. Because, but then as soon as I did that, yeah. I went in the bathroom, I texted you, I prayed, and then I went back out. But I had to like give myself pep talks. And I do this a lot. Like uh, I missed an opportunity the other day and I was super bummed. You were there. We were at a football game. A kid got hurt. Yeah. The mother came over. The kid was there. They were literally like a couple feet. I had the whole all the opportunities. Everything was right there. I could have gone over there and said, I see. And this was like the star player of the football team. And I could have said, can I, can I pray for you real quick? And I didn't. And I was really upset with myself. Yeah. So a lot of times I got to talk myself into it. And I'm intentional with that. Like, all right, Amber. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. Or if it like backfires and it has, I'm like, okay, it's going to come back around. Like mm -hmm. I have confidence in knowing that I serve a big God yeah. and even in casual circumstances and situations, it's going to come back around Yeah. or that person, like maybe I was just the person to chip yeah. away at that little bit of wall. Yeah. And then the next person who's as uncomfortable speak but I'm awkward I can be awkward and I'm okay I can fit right in and I can yeah. be okay I really am okay with just being yeah. and if it's weird I'm okay with weird <laughs> so when you're striking up these conversations with people mm -hmm. are you waiting for God to tell you to talk to them or are you just seeing every opportunity you have as a God moment and you're going to try to step through it and you're going to try to make something happen you're going to try to pour the love of God on them, like, or, okay. or are you waiting for God to tell you to, to do it? So uh, a little bit of both, but I don't live in this super spiritual realm and I don't float on clouds all day. <laughs> and any Christian that does that, I don't want to be friends with or around because sometimes, don't cut it out. It's important <laughs> because I can't stand people who are super spiritual about everything. God can be in everything. Yes. But if we're talking about ice cream and ice cream cones and our favorite flavors, I don't need to hear how Jesus, you know, is in milk chocolate ice cream instead of dark chunk of monkey chocolate you don't okay. need to see jesus face in the no cookies you and don't cream. you don't need to see jesus <laughs> face to be able to order the cooks and cookies and cream so i think it's important to just be practical mm -hmm. like i it's a lifestyle like i live 
a lifestyle with Jesus. It's a relationship. Every You'll hear people talk about that all the time. It's not religion. It's relationship. So I have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So because I've surrendered my life over to him, he's in my everything. Even my ugly moments, my funny moments, my happy, sad, it doesn't matter. He's in everything. And so I genuinely believe that when I say God use me as a vessel and we're talking about... You know, it's flu season and what's coming out of our children's bodies and we're elbow deep. Yeah. Jesus is in that conversation and I may not necessarily even have to mention his name. I don't start my conversations just to say at the end of all of them, Jesus loves you and he died for you yeah. and he can set you free. Like, I know that that's the truth, but you don't always have to be that person to share that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to say to the mom in the grocery store whose kid is throwing an epic fit. We've all been there, mom. And just walk by and squeeze her arm. Or you simply don't say anything and you could just walk by and rather than give her a horrible look, you just give her that mom nod and you keep going. Yeah. Like, And Jesus is in those moments as well. So yes, God sometimes says, hey, Amber, that guy over there, go sit down and talk to him. And I absolutely will. But the majority of the time, it's just little practical life things that are open doors. So last thing I wanted to ask you about, in this day and age, do you find that people open up more through technology than face-to-face? Um, I genuinely think that it has to do with the age. Yeah. So I could have a face-to-face conversation with somebody who is a little older Um and they'll open right up to me. But like the younger generations, the teenagers, like I could be sitting at the table with them. I could get them lunch and take them out and spend time with them. And they're very short answers, very short conversations. And then I could literally sit there and pick up my phone and text things to them. And all of a sudden I'm getting paragraphs from them. Hmm. So I think with, and I literally could be sitting at the same table with them. Yeah. Um, there were so many times that we would have like teenagers over our house and I would pull somebody aside and say, Hey, everything all right, what's going on? And they wouldn't do anything or say anything. Yeah. And then they would go back in the living room with a group of people and I would grab my phone and yeah. I'd be like, so what's up? And then all of a sudden it was like unloaded through text message. So I think technology is definitely a vice. Yeah. I think Jesus can be through your text and through your thumbs as you're typing and your fingers. Um, but younger generations, I do think it's important to reach them the way that they communicate. And I think technology is part of that. But I think that it's extremely valuable, and a lot of times people lose it, that you transfer the screen time to FaceTime and you talk to them in person. But a lot of times I have to get through that barrier through social media with them first, and then all of a sudden we're talking. Yeah. So it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's, it is different. I, I often wonder, like, how do you really build community if people will only open up through social media or text messages or technology and you know is that going to be the new norm for relationships and building community and and discipleship or you know is it is it is that a gateway to open Mm -hmm. up to the face-to-face so a lot of times people too there's different generations and ages and so a lot of times like the older generation won't think that what the younger generation uses as genuine communication they'll look at it as crap and they'll be like, that's not communication. Yeah. You don't have to put somebody else down to lift your ways up. It's super important not to do that. So if you're looking at starting a conversation with somebody, 
learn how they talk. It may mm. not be with words. It mm. may be through emojis. little. Yeah, it might be through emojis. It yeah. might be through um, memes and gifts. Yes, and... little things like that. Or it could be through a handwritten card. People still do that today. Or it could be through a young adult or a, a grown adult leaving a little Milky Way on your desk, but never really talking to you about it or like a little yeah. gift on your counter. Learn how other people talk, and then your conversation will come a lot easier. Nice. Any final thoughts or tips about how we can use this to, for discipleship and building relationships? So if you're looking at starting conversations with people, one, you got to realize who you are and be confident in it. Two, if you stumble and fall, stumble and fall right in front of them and don't be afraid to say, man, that is not what I really meant to say. I am not really used to this and I'm a little uncomfortable, but I felt like I was supposed to talk to you and now it's weird. So how do we fix this? You want to be friends? Like be, it's okay to mess up. It's yeah. okay because most of the time you may never see that person again, or maybe you will and it'll be years later. Again, like they'll show up at your PTA meeting and you'll look across and you'll be like, oh, I remember yeah. that time. So don't be afraid. Just just be yourself. Be yourself. Be who you are. If you're a super nervous person, that's okay. Be a super nervous person in front of that person. There are many times I start a conversation with, I had to take an emodium because I was so nervous today to talk to somebody new. <laughs> Do you have that problem too? <laughs> like, you just be vulnerable. Be transparent. People can see right through you. If your intention is to just get something out of them, and that's maybe a salvation... Mm-hmm. Or another notch on your Jesus belt and yeah. another jewel in your crown. <laughs> people can see that. Yeah. But if you love people because Jesus loved people and you just want to be there for them and you want to be the bridge, I am so okay with being stepped on as long as it gets them to Jesus in yeah. the long run. Yeah. Uh, Craig Rochelle says people would rather have you be real than right. Amen, Craig Rochelle. You can always be real, but you can't always be right. So might as well be well, real. Well, well, well. Yeah, heaven <laughs> church. Yep. Well, thanks, Amber. I appreciate your time. Uh, yeah. It was very good stuff. I hope uh, somebody walks away with one of these tips and, and techniques. Uh, I know that I learned a lot from them. So thank you so much. Go talk to somebody, people. <laughs> <laughs>
We have some guest worship leaders coming in from Elam. Uh, I'll be preaching on something. We'll have communion together. We'll have a time of food and fellowship just to be able to see everyone. And we'll also be able to hear from one of our clusters. So that is exciting as well. And then third thing that I would like to announce is a Giving Thanks Potluck Dinner, November 19th at the Woodlands in the evening. And uh, we'll be having that dinner just to celebrate, you know, it's Thanksgiving time and just to celebrate the season and the holiday, uh, just a time to give thanks. And so that'll be at the Woodlands November 19th. And a, a special request, I'm actually looking for someone to head that up. Uh, I am not the best at those kind of things. I don't know all the details, but there are plenty of people who have the gift of hospitality. And uh, if you would like to step up and help me run that, put together the details, reach out to me and let's talk about that. So we just heard from Amber, uh, some great stuff about building relationships, building trust, starting conversations, talking to strangers. And just wanted to share some of my own thoughts on that um, topic. Uh, you know, I kind of got inspired. I said, how many times in the book of Acts, let's say, uh, did the disciples just open up conversations, talk to strangers, talk to people they didn't know? And guess what? The book of Acts is filled with times that the disciples and the apostles had conversations. Um, Acts chapter 2. Peter addresses the crowd after Pentecost. In chapter 3, the lame stranger calls out to him, and, and they talk, and, and Peter talks to other, a group of strangers then, about what happened there. Uh, Acts chapter 4, Peter speaks to the Sanhedrin, probably not even people that were friendly to him, not, not his closest friends. Um, and uh, chapter five, many believers are added, most likely people they didn't know. These were new relationships, new friendships. In chapter seven, Stephen speaks out to the Sanhedrin. Again, not the friendliest people towards him. In the next chapter, they killed him, but he addresses them. He speaks to them. In chapter eight, Philip spoke to the crowd, uh, and then he met an Ethiopian stranger. In chapter 9, Ananias meets Saul and shares the gospel with him. And then Saul goes and preaches to people in Damascus that he doesn't know. Chapter 10, Peter visits a stranger named Cornelius and shares the gospel with him in his home. And that's just the first 10 chapters. The New Testament, the gospels, Jesus, the disciples, the apostles, filled with people who had conversations had interactions with strangers, with people that they didn't know. The disciples and Jesus were constantly talking to strangers. And everyone says they want to experience the book of Acts all over again. But my question to you is as simple as this. Are you willing to just do what they did and talk to strangers and have interactions and encounters with people that you don't know? Are you willing to stand up in front of your enemies, people that don't like you? 
Are you willing to visit the house of strangers that you don't know? Are you go, willing to go to places that you work and have a conversation with them? I believe that if we want to have a life that's similar to the book of Acts, it might be just as simple as being brave enough and bold enough to strike up conversations with strangers, to have conversations in uncomfortable and awkward places, and to go into the homes of people we may not know, and to bring the gospel to places that it's not being taken to. It's just as simple as opening your mouths to strangers and letting God do the rest. So if your desire is to live like the book of Acts, maybe the first step you need to take is simply to start conversations with strangers, with people you don't know, in awkward places, in weird places, visit homes, go into all the world, the Bible says, and talk, open up your mouth, and let God take the conversation where he wants to go. Thanks for joining me this week. Thanks for being on this journey with us. We are all in this together. I'm praying for you. I hope you're praying for me. I love you, and we'll talk again soon. Bye.